If you have your Bibles and want to go there, we are in Ruth. So our book that we've started and the series we've begun, this story of Ruth. And We started last week. People say it's a really short series. So if you missed the first one, you almost got to go back and make sure that you get that piece. Because if you miss the context that we're going to dive into today, you can end up with an entirely different message. That's kind of the truth of the Bible. Like if you just take something out of context and just grab a verse, you'll end up somewhere sometimes that's not what the Bible's saying at all. This story that we're in, it's meant to encourage us. It's meant to show us some very remarkable things about our God that you cannot get anywhere else. You can't get it by looking at this world. You can't get it by studying science and those things. You've got to get it from the Word of God. And so it's my conviction, stories like these, they're not, they're not really meant to tell us how to behave. They're meant to show us our incredible, incredible God. And He is. He is incredible. Last week, we were introduced to a woman named Naomi. And really, that means pleasant. And it was her story, right? She, she wants to t- change her name to bitter by the end of the chapter. And I get it. Because she makes choices and is involved in circumstances that are really difficult. There's famine, so she moves down to Moab, where you're not really supposed to go with her family. Her husband dies, but she's got two kids. Never mind that they're named Sickly and Pining. And then they die after they marry Moabites. Another thing you're not really supposed to do. Then famine follows her. And she doesn't have food, so she's got to go back. And so she goes back in shame with this appendage of a daughter-in-law, who's a Moabites, back to Bethlehem where she's from. And she says, God has dealt harshly with me. And I, again, I, I get it. Whether or not it's her fault and the choices that she was involved in or the, the, the way and the wave that she was caught up in, it doesn't really matter. Her experience has been that her life is difficult. Don't call me pleasant anymore, she ends with. Call me bitter. Because that's my life. That's what we saw, right? So, so this isn't really a story of, boy, be like Naomi, or even better, don't be like Naomi. This story is really, sometimes you are like her. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what struggles you have, but you're going to hit some struggles in your life where everything doesn't go smoothly. And maybe it will be your fault. And as we start to see in this story, in, in this idea, this, this season that we're in, hard things happen, circumstances we don't like, we think God is not really being kind to us. And like her, eh, it's our fault. That's because we see the world works like this. We do. And we talked a bit about this, like a karmic cycle, right? Only with law. Like if I do good, good will happen. If I do bad, bad will happen. That's a, that's a karma type experience, but that's also our view of the law and so of God. God works this way. If you're a good person, you will get good. And if you're bad, it'll get you. Eventually. So Naomi says, call me bitter. And I get it. Except, as we ended last week, you, you realize she's never called bitter in the entire book, except in her own eyes. 
And it's going to take a little time, but we're going to see some change in our main character. That's her. In her own eyes, she hasn't experienced favor. In her understanding of what it is, God has dealt harshly with her. She's, she's deliver, deserved, but it's, it's hard. And she says, I guess I'm kind of done. And so it, it started, we started last week at this statement. God can handle that. She's her kid. He can handle that she doesn't feel like she's felt his favor when he actually has her all the way through and is at work. He's going to use her story and Oh, this is where it gets to you and me. He uses ours. Our story too. So that's you and me. He takes people who are nothing in our own eyes. He makes them into something wonderful. That's what he does. It's not us making it happen. It's him who does it. And and it doesn't take somehow ginning up happiness or joy, like putting on a happy face. It's like, actually, no. I can call it like it is in my life and not take away from the reality that God is at work. Because our God is incredible. And what it takes for Naomi is one day. That's why we're calling this one day. The events of chapter 2 are essentially, except for the very last verse, are one day in their lives. Back in Judah, in Bethlehem. And this is chapter 2, and where we're going to pick up today. So chapter 2, verse 1, here we go. First, they're hoping for this thing called favor. Favor. We'll talk a little bit about it as we go, but here it is. Now, Naomi, chapter 2, verse 1. You can follow along if you want, or we'll put it on the screen. Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Okay, stop with me as you get into this story. It's a story, right? So you've got to get kind of engaged with it and think about it. So here's my question as we start. It's like, okay, she's desolate and destitute and has come back to Bethlehem with, with, with Ruth, her loyal Moabite daughter-in-law, and she's got, she has no food, no way to help herself live, and she's got a, a worthy relative of her dead husband. Why doesn't she talk to him? Kind of the first place you'd go is knock on his door and say, hey, could you help us? Nothing. She's hiding. She's not coming to him. She's staying far away. Maybe she's guilty. Maybe she's bitter. Maybe she's just soaking in it like you would soak in your bitterness and be sad. I don't know. But he's out there. His name means strong. He's worthy. The text just drops us this fact just drops in our lap as the reader dropped in our lap. Oh, there's a guy out there named Boaz. Strong, worthy. We're going to see he's wealthy. And you've got Naomi over here. She needs to eat. All she has is the gal that clung to her and followed her home. And, and so this is where God works in her life. She's not going to see it, but he does. So Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And Naomi said to Ruth, go, my daughter. So still stay in our frame, right? Naomi's the main actor. She gives Ruth permission and all that's happened is framed by Naomi's involvement. Of course, you know, Naomi could, Naomi could head out to the field. She's maybe 50. We're guessing. We don't really know, but she's not like an old broken down person. And said Ruth, like, she's going to take initiative. I'm going to go and and Naomi says, whatever, get out there. Go ahead. 
Ruth says, I'll go beg. Because that's what this is. The system that they had was they would have people, uh, when they when they would reap their fields, the Bible said God told them, "Leave. don't be so meticulous that you you make sure you get every grain. Leave the corners. And you leave it for people that are starving. And you let them go and they can glean in those little areas and get some food so they don't starve. And that was the way they did welfare. So here's welfare. She'll go, I'll, I'll get out there and I'll work and try and get a little food so we have something to eat. Go ahead, says Naomi. Okay. By the way, making sure you know, it's called Ruth goes. No, Ruth the Moabite. So she set out. And Ruth goes out and she gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. Yeah, we know that. We've already been told that. But now we're being told it again. And if you look at the Hebrew, really interesting, says, oh, and she was going after the reapers. So she's sitting there. She's doing the welfare thing. And, and she happens to happen. You would say she luckily lucked, double word, like there is such a thing, on the field of Boaz, who is a relative now of hers as she is under Naomi. How strange. Now, what are you tempted to say? Well, God helps those who help themselves, of course. No, that's, that's not the message. No, she luckily lucked. She happened to happen like an ironic statement of God got her right here among all the fields she could be upon. And you think God's in your circumstances, Naomi, when you're blaming him for like dealing harshly with you? Well, isn't he in this one too? He got your daughter-in-law directly in this field. She's looking for favor. Man, I, I wish there'd be some favor out there for us. And she happens to happen upon the field of Boaz. So that's that's the looking. I want to introduce favor for just a minute. Make sure you know. They say, say the word favor a lot. And then just occasionally, three times in the book of Ruth, they actually refer to it a little bit differently with a Hebrew word called hesed. They're actually looking for, we don't even have a word for it in English. Favor, mercy, loving kindness. Something out there that's warm and actually for them. I don't have it, but I'm, I'm looking for it. So looking for it. And, and this day, they find it. They find it. Because this is what happens. Verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, Yahweh be with you. And the reapers answered, Yahweh bless you. <laughs> okay. There's a setup, right? Like, like Boaz, this isn't like, well, be like Boaz, make sure you use blessings of the Lord. There's actually no character development with Boaz. He's just a great person, and, and, and he's there. He's just like, boom, he's there. And, and what does he say? We says a greeting from Yahweh, and then his workers say a greeting back to him from Yahweh. Fabulous. Best thing you can say. So there he is. Godly man. Not just that, but he's aware, he's alert. He sees Ruth doing, doing the welfare leaning stuff. He says to his young man who is in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who is in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Boy, he's full of information. She's the Moabite who came from Moab. Okay. Okay. 
Well, let's make sure you know she's a foreigner, and she's a foreigner from a foreign place. Don't get too close to her. Radioactive. She said, the other piece of information I give, she said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she's continued from early morning until now, except for a, a short rest. She's out there. She's pretty desperate. She's trying to get food together. So, so Boaz actually goes over to her. Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, don't go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Oh. The, uh, whoa. That's really nice. That guy's doing something really nice for her. Where's your mind go when you read that? I know where mine goes because I've been, one, I've read the whole story. I think, well, he must be interested in her. He's being nice to her because he's looking to get to know her. He has a motive that's about trying to like get in on her, a relationship with her because she's probably some very beautiful young woman we're going to see in a minute. I don't think it's possible she's, she's that, but that's okay. That's where I think. Is that his motive? No. How do I know? Because it's just me making it up. It's actually not there. What is his motive? There is no motive. He's just super kind. He's kind. He's, this is an example of someone just being amazingly gracious to her. This is an idea of what favor looks like. Oh, 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 yeah, go ahead. In fact, stay in my field. And I told the young guys, boy, boy, t- stay away from you. Don't bug you. And on oh, when you're thirsty, have a drink. What a kind person. What favor for Ruth. That's all, right? Example of what it is, what mercy is, what kindness is. There's simple kindness. You don't have to assign a motive. It's just there. That's, and that's how she sees it. Look what she says. She fell on her face, bowing to the ground. And she said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? I'm nobody. And here, and here you're just shining favor on me. You're, <laughs> this is amazing. And it's, it's an amazing, kindness to me well i really wanted your phone number no 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 this is an example of undeserved favor she's obviously a moabite and outcast there's no reason for her to get favor there's probably every reason for her to be discriminated against in that culture the law is really clear on avoiding moabites she's, she's been it's like they've hammering it like every time that she's a moabite from moab Even if she has started the process of becoming a Jew, she's obviously other in a society that rejects the other. And and, and here's the thing. It's not just a random act of kindness. It's more. Look, Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. When? When? And how you left your father and your mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Yahweh repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by Yahweh, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Oh, I think you, I think you're doing fabulous. 
That's an encouraging statement, right? So she hears that. You would hear like, oh, this is somebody that's for me. Not just, not just drive by, you know, turning on the corner for the guy that has a sign and hand you a sandwich and drive off. This is like, no, I, I know who you are. And, and, and boy, may God reward, may God bless you for what you've done. So there's a progression here. You should see it. She's finding favor. At first, it may seem a random thing, like, like just the sandwich idea, but, but it ramps up to, hey, follow along, have a drink of water too, just extra amazing kindness. And now this mercy is he knows her story and he values it. I see you. I see what you've done. I'm amazed at your story. I wish you blessing. May you have reward for everything. I, I think you're cool. I hope God blesses you in it. And, but you've come to the right place to Yahweh, the God of Israel, under whose wings you will find refuge. What is this? This is finding favor. And again, the word you might know beyond simple favor is hesed. It's a Hebrew word. It means loving kindness. Like if, you, if you've been soaked in bitterness or if you've been, been, been pushed by circumstances, it's, it's like a, an amazing breath out of the blue. Serendipitous. Crazy cool. God does this. For her. Again, there's not, there's not a flavor here. We can go a bunch of ways if people try and pull the text because they're not in context. I don't realize this is about Naomi still. This is the pathway to Naomi's favor. And, and here we are with Ruth and Boaz. It'll be a fun little romance that they start going, well, be like Boaz. No, that, that's not here. By the end of Ruth, you will know you are not Boaz. This is about experiencing favor. How cool it is. It's a wonderful example of it. And she says, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant. Though I'm not one of your servants, I don't belong, yet you're being so kind. I have found it. I have found favor. She doesn't just find it, like with her head. She experiences it. See that? That's what this chapter is about, you know. So it says there, at the mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here, eat some bread. Dip your morsel in the wine. What are they doing drinking wine? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> That's not true. This is not communion. It's not some weird image. This is them saying, hey, come, sit for a minute. Favor. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate and she, till she was satisfied and she had some left over. So get, get the image, right? She says, hey, sit down, relax for a minute. And she does, and hey, have some food. And she does, and it's this awkward scene almost because she takes the food, it's like she takes it up and wraps it in a napkin and puts it in her leftovers in her basket. How do I know that? Because she's going to give it to Naomi later. But that's kind of awkward. But it's just favor. He doesn't say a word. And she rose to glean. Boaz instructed his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. Don't reproach her. And also pull out from the bundles some for her and leave it for her to glean. And do not rebuke her. So he goes kind of behind her back not in front, and, and says, hey, 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 make it easy for her. Boy, she's favor from the Lord through Boaz. Peru. So, 
she gleaned in the field there until evening. And she beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Whoa. This isn't very fair. Some ways. Think of the young men. They're working all day. They're working for their wage. They're doing stuff. And some guy we're supposed to leave stuff for her to take. It seems like it's not very, very there's, there's not like this, we've got to be, make sure everybody gets the right exact amount. No, it's like just favor because it's on her heart towards this woman and through this woman to her mother-in-law overwhelms her with goodness. And this is, by the way, why most commentators say that Ruth wasn't some slim, young gal. And not to say anything against slim, young gals. But an ephah would be like five plus gallons of barley. So have you ever lifted a five-pound sack of grain? No, sorry. Not five pounds, five gallons. Five gallons would be like 65 pounds, 70 pounds. So she takes the 75-pound sack of barley, throws it on her back, and carries it to her mom, her mother-in-law. That's hard to do. It's probably quite a long walk. So she gathers all this amazing huge sack of barley, whoa, and she went into the city, it says, and her mother-in-law sees it, and, and she brought out and gave her what food. So she got out and got out the extra food that she hadn't eaten from when she sat down with Boaz and had her mother-in-law eat that too, what she'd left over after being satisfied. She says, this is amazing. Shockingly amazing. Look, Naomi. Roasted grain, a huge sack of barley. Whoa! And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? Like, this is way too much. Where have you worked? Man, blessed be the man who took notice of you. It's because the men own the land. There's someone in charge. She's going, wow, this is amazing. And so... Ruth told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Yeah, Boaz. Now, that's a name Naomi knows. So again, why hasn't she asked? Why hasn't she talked to him? But she hasn't. She's caught in her own bitterness. Favor then isn't just for Ruth. It's all the provision that all of a sudden God's doing for Naomi. Boaz knows it too. He's having her gather all this food, all this stuff. Guess where she's going to take it? Back to her mother-in-law. One day. Naomi says to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. She has something to say and it's a change. After just this one day, that's all it's been. This one day where all of a sudden, seemingly randomly, seemingly serendipitously, something amazingly good happened to her. And so she's still in karma mode, kind of, of course. Hey, he's done something good. May he be blessed of the Lord. May the Lord reward him. That's interesting. You know, I wonder what the reward might be. But the change. When we started Ruth, Naomi got her two daughters together. You know, husbands are all dead, all of them. And she said, you guys need to go back to your own gods 
because maybe you'll find kindness, hesed, in your own lands with your own people because you know what? Not with me. Because I'm too far gone. God has been harsh to me. God has not dealt kindly with me. My husband is dead. To be associated with me is to ask for trouble and and then I'm going to take you back and you're going to get trouble and I'm going back and people make fun of me and I've got nothing anymore and my line will not go on. I've got nothing. Maybe you can find kindness somewhere else. But look what she says here. One day, now she says, oh, Yahweh's kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Who's that? That's her. She's starting to taste something. The change is right there and it's something surprising and his name is Boaz, who Naomi knows. Naomi says, this man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth, the Moabite, said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they finish all my harvest. It's not just today, Ruth says. He, 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 he wants to bless us. The gift of God, hesed, and extends into, into the days to come. Naomi's like, oh yeah, that's good. You should go out with these young women lest in another field you'd be assaulted. Well, it sounds good. It is good. It's wonderful. Both Ruth and Naomi, not just hearing a favor of hesed, of, of loving kindness, of mercy, but actually experiencing in this day the gift of God and extending in the days to come. Wild. So, the chapter ends. She kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and the wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. So our focus kind of shifts a little bit to Ruth and what she's doing, and Naomi in the background being blessed. Here's what you take home today. What we need, what we need, is not strength. That's Boaz's name, right? Strength found her. What we need is favor. You know, the Bible's not like the movies. I was watched a trailer for the Marvels the other day, and I like the superhero movies. I like, you know, in the movies we associate with these heroic figures and and maybe with the ingenuity of Iron Man you can solve a problem or maybe with the bravery of Batman you can get out there and do it. Maybe there's this this character trait that you can build up that you might be strong enough to overcome whatever it is that that your thing might be and maybe God will help you be that strong to do it. And, And that's not this story. The strength to get through. No, no, no. You aren't like David. You're not like Dan. You're not like Abraham. You're not like Jesus. We just got told what Boaz is going to be. And we'll talk more about it next week. But he's a redeemer. Special name. Special image. The man who will redeem the main characters in a story who are like us. They get favor. From the perfect Redeemer. Man, what does that sound like? Sounds like the gospel. Jesus Christ from heaven, the King of kings, the strongest ever, comes down as a babe, lives his life for you and me, and redeems us. 
gives us favor we can't even understand. So what we see today is how God got Ruth exactly where she was to go and his display of favor. Favor for her, favor for Naomi, undeserved. They're still dishing out, oh, may God bless you for being good. But that's because they're experiencing good. This is what faith is, isn't it? I mean, walk down this line just for a second with me. Walk to Hebrews 11. Remember the definition of faith? You kind of know it. It's like a Sunday school thing. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Think about that for two seconds. It's trust in favor from God. Here's the verse in case you, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I hope, I, I, I have such hope that it's true, this message of the gospel, this reality that Jesus Christ is for me, that God is for me, not that I loved him, but that he loved me, that I'm his treasure. And it's the assurance of that that's hope, the conviction of things not seen. I don't see it, you know. I look like Naomi. I look at these situations I'm in, and, and, and I, even I look at my own decisions, and I go, I'm such a... Ah! I'd use a swear word, but I can't in the pulpit. And there's this message. And it's a message that God actually is for me. And he died for me. And he loves me. And he's got me. And, and he redeems me. And, and I, I hope it's true. And then this trust is what? The assurance. It is true. It is true. This is, this is faith. This is what we need to help each other have is that we have a God who actually is for us. We're, we're not, we're not just judged. We are justly judged for our lack. Sure. It's, it's not wrong to say, man, you know what? Do good because good may come. That's great. Fantastic. You should do good so that good will come your way, just like every religion, just like the law, just like everything. Do good so that good will come. But know this, you often don't do good. So, so our, our default becomes, okay, what I'm going to do is like really promote the good things that I do and we'll hide away the stupid, silly things that I do. What's the problem? You know, there's this being called God and he sees all of it. If he's going to judge you based on your actions of all the things you've done and the standard is perfection, all of a sudden, you are Naomi. It is right that you get judged. Well, not me. I'm way better than the guy next to me. Okay, fine. You can each have proportional badness heaped up upon you. But favor is I don't deserve Grace, mercy, that Jesus Christ actually sees me as I am, as flawed as I have been, and, and, and says to me, I've got, not just I've got you, you're in my family, you're new in me, you're forgiven, you're clean, everything about you is because I give you favor. You have it. How awesome when you get to be like Boaz and show that to people. And the reality is we're all receivers of it. Favor. The Savior looks at us and loves us. We all, all of us today, somewhere, we have a Naomi experience. 
because we've all gone afoul of the law. No one is perfect. We've fallen short. We deserve the karma of judgment. And instead, might there be, could there actually be today a God who adores and loves and forgives and redeems? Could there actually be mercy and grace and loving kindness from one who is actually strong for us? Might it be that that we be pleasant because of a God who makes us pleasant, who softens our hearts and gives us more than we ever deserve? Would you consider that though we appear as nothing, what really we have is more than we can imagine? A redeemer. And might that flavor your life and my life, that he has you on your worst day, on your most daily day, on, on the day that you see the worst of your failings, that you have this assurance of things hoped for, that you know he's for you. Because the message of his word is that he is. More next week on redemption. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your your amazing loving kindness toward us. Thank you that you just give it to us day by day. Thank you that your message from the word is true, that our sins are forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that you promise us that we'll be made new. Lord, thank you that you're so patient with us as we complain and are sad at the circumstances that don't go as we want them to, that you've got us in the midst. Father, help us to trust you. In the name of Jesus, amen.